Are you in the real estate business and find yourself bogged down with tasks that keep you from focusing on what truly matters like closing deals and growing your business? Well, we have the perfect solution for you. Meet REI World Solutions Virtual Assistants. These are not just any virtual assistants. They are professionally trained, monitored, and managed to get the job done, allowing you to accelerate your business to new heights. Imagine having a dedicated assistant taking care of the things you either don't want to or don't have the time to do. Sounds like a dream, right? Here's what they can do for you. One, call or text prospects. Yes, they will do the prospecting for you, be it cold calling or texting, saving you a ton of time. Two, gauge prospects for interest. They will contact and vet your entire list, identifying the prospects most likely to convert into customers. Three, provide detailed lead information for follow-up. Once they pinpoint likely customers, you get notified in real time, allowing you to follow up immediately and close more deals. That's not all. These virtual assistants are real estate specialists with experience spanning real estate investors, property management companies, brokers, agents, and service providers. They are driven by core values of integrity, preparedness, stellar customer service, and a dedication to growth and learning daily. So why wait? Let the REI, World Solutions Virtual Assistants, be the backbone of your business, helping you scale and grow with meticulous attention to detail. Remember, with REI, World Solutions Virtual Assistants, you're not just hiring help. You're building a culture rooted in mission and goal setting, a culture that stands tall on professionalism and a strong focus on customer service. REI World Solutions Virtual Assistance, your partner in achieving your business needs and goals. To get started with REI World Solutions Virtual Assistance today, visit moneyisfunnyshow.com forward slash VA. That's moneyisfunnyshow.com forward slash VA. It's time to take the leap towards a more prosperous business. REI World Solutions Virtual Assistance. Are you a real estate investor looking for that perfect financial partner to fill your property ventures? Or perhaps you're a lender eager to dive into a lucrative investment opportunity? Well, I have some exciting news for you. Introducing the United States Real Estate Investor Lending Program, the dynamic platform that bridges the gap between real estate investors and a network of private and hard money lenders, creating a win-win for everyone involved. Here's what you can look forward to. For investors, one, capital fuel. Get essential funding you need to make your property ventures a roaring success. Two, financial partnership. Forge vital business relationships and step up your financial freedom game. For lenders, one, Diversified investment portfolio. Lending to real estate investors not only diversifies your investment portfolio, but also potentially increases your overall returns while reducing risk. Two, attractive returns. Enjoy higher interest rates compared to traditional lending options, giving you the potential for significant returns on your investment. Three, access to qualified borrowers. Save time and effort in finding and vetting real estate investors. The platform connects you with a network of dedicated and experienced investors, increasing the likelihood of successful ventures. So, whether you're looking to request a deal funding or offer funding solutions as a lending partner, the United States Real Estate Investor Lending Program is your gateway to the world of opportunity and rewards delivered right to your email inbox. Ready to embark on a more prosperous real estate investing journey? Get started now. Visit moneyisfunnyshow.com slash lending. That is moneyisfunnyshow.com slash lending. Take your first step to a bigger bottom line with United States Real Estate Investor Lending. That is United States Real Estate Investor Lending. Universe. 
Media. Network. 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 Welcome to Money is Funny, where we have a relaxed, important conversation about money and life and how we can make the best decision on both. I'm Michael Anthony, and my faithful co-host is Armand Kroon, baby. What's going on? And today's topic is about starting a business, which will show you that money is funny. All right. So today we have the lovely Dawn Myers here. She is the co-founder of Guided Leadership Solutions. She is an experienced human resource leader, adjunct instructor, and speaker with a strong desire to see people and companies succeed. Don is candor about her mental health struggles as well as her success and failures has made her uh, made her a highly sought after consultant. My goodness, we are so much alike. I cannot wait to talk about this. So what are we talking about again today? See, uh, this is why I'm sad you went to public school because you cannot read, you cannot remember stuff. <laughs> We're talking about starting a business. Start the business. Start the business. I need my co-host now. Need to be Alexa. Alexa. Read. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> read. <laughs> it's Audible all lets you experience books in a whole new way. <laughs> to experience Audible, try asking for a specific book. Listen, Alexa, stop. <laughs> what? I'm gonna need you to turn Alexa off. <laughs> Don't say her name anymore. Don't say her. I have two. I have two. I have two Alexas, and they both be going out. They be battling each other to give me the most information about stuff. It's crazy. Anyway, that is starting a business. That is amazing. All All right, right, so we are going to talk about starting a business, and the crazy thing about starting a business, in my um, in my experience, is starting a business is definitely difficult, especially for families. Especially when you're talking about a husband and wife or a partner and partner dynamic between the one who is starting the business and the one who is not starting the business. And I, and I know from my know. own experience, yeah, talking ahead. to my wife about what was going on in my business, I might as well have been, you know, speaking Spanish to her, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like she sees money coming in, then all of a sudden it goes out. And why is it? And then I got to get these clients and, I, and then I got to do this and I'm just stressed. And then we go on vacation. She's like, why don't you turn your phone off? Why do you have to work? And they don't understand that this is our life. And like, this is something that we just constantly thinking about because our business is not where it wants to be. And we're constantly thinking about it. And so this battle, one of the things I want to talk to Dawn about is one, when she started her business, did she go through this? And then two, like any advice that you have, because I think the biggest reason why businesses don't fail is because you don't keep a family budget and your partner doesn't isn't on do the fail. same page as you. You said don't fail or do fail. I think uh, do fail. Do fail. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Why businesses do fail mm-hmm. is because the budget is not in order. People think they're going to make extreme, extreme amount of money right out the gate. And they really don't understand all the aspects of starting a business and what it's going to cost. And they underestimate and then they overestimate. And then on top of that, you have the spouse and you're trying to run this family, which is its own business in my mind in itself. And it just starts to get complicated. Not only that, when you are stressed about something such as a business, you tend to hyper focus on the thing that you're stressed about. 
And then your spouse gets left in the dust to deal with all kinds of stuff. So it's a two way problem here or actually multiple problems. I, th I feel like uh, especially on the ground level, when you're at the very beginning, infinite stage, when you're starting a business, most people are in the dark of how much hours to put in. Whereas when you're talking about you're the one that's on the phone and she's like, why don't you put your phone down? You can't put it down because of right now we have to continue putting these hours in, especially if you just one and two. We only have two. Co we only have two workers at the time. So we don't have multiple workers in different timelines and different time space working while I'm sleep, while I'm sleeping, they're working where they're sleeping. I'm working. We don't have that right now. We're sharing a bed and we're both sleeping or we're trying to get some sleep. And I feel like you have to have that mentality where you're constantly working. When you have an idea, I think you need to execute on it. If you possibly have a business meeting or something that doesn't really necessarily work with the family schedule, but it works with your schedule, I feel that's the time that you should take it. And um, I feel that, you know, people don't really understand the hours and also how much work they really have to put in first to start getting the business off the ground, you know, and once the business is starting to work itself, then we can take the little, I could put my phone down, but even then, I'm sure Jeff Bezos didn't put the phone down for a I'm sure he <laughs> put the phone down for a long time. You know, well, Jeff Bezos is divorced now, so and rumor has it. <laughs> he never put the phone down. And you know, he, but uh I feel that you know people just don't understand we're we're doing a bit of business with family or just doing a business with yourself. People still still doesn't understand it. We see the the lifetime movies or whatever movies about oh. They got a business starting and up and moving in two hours. I can be that. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work like they does cut not out. work that way. Hollywood really made it a lot cleaner and a lot nicer, you know. And I think as far as starting a business and um, having to do all the research before you even jump in the pool, you know what I'm saying? What's the temperature like? Do you have the right trunks? Do you have, is it the right season? <laughs> is it the right season? Do you have, have you done this before? Have you done this with backstroke? Is your hair going to get you wet? You know, we know all this, the proper. Do you have sunscreen? Is this an indoor pool, outdoor pool, underground, in-ground? I mean, these are things that you should know. And I think another person that we have, I can't wait to ask her all these questions. And I'm sure she's going to be. Wonderful. Oh, she's no going to be one. No pressure on Don. But one thing I will add to this, I literally just teamed up with a client management system and was talking to the CEO on like Friday. And he was okay. helping me with the onboarding system. Right. Then I was running into issues. And so I called customer service and the CEO picked up. <laughs> he was customer service. And that's and that's how hands on you have to be with things. You I feel like you have to be hands on when you talk to someone. When you call the law firm and the actual attorney picks up, you're like, oh, I was just trying to talk to Joe Schmike. This is this is how you really should treat your business. You know, yes. and what was the statistic that you sent me earlier? It was like. What was the percentage of business fail? I think you said the most businesses fail after most business fail after 15 years. So yes. I guess if you up to what I've learned is if you have a trajectory of business, you're supposed to see how your business goes every every five years. If your trajectory is going up, you're in the right direction. But yep. after 15 years and you're still going up, you can be considered a success. If you're I, after 15 years and you fail, you're a statistic of how most of them fail. Is that correct? I believe so, but I'm pretty sure Don can add to that even too. So come on, let's, come on in. Let's let's bring Don in. Hold on a second. Here we go. 
Hey, Dawn. Hey, thanks for having me. I am so, I, you know what? First of all, I, I got before you start answering, because I'm sure there was like a whole bunch of questions. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you had so much to add to that. You had so much to add to that. But before I ask, you have to tell me, because I know you started your own business. Yes. And I got, I'm going to ask this. Are you the spender in your relationship with your spouse or are you the saver? <sighs> I am the saver and have always been the, the biggest provider in, in our family. And my husband's been fine with that. He's like that. You're my sugar mama. Um, and um, so, but leaving the corporate world was big for me because my husband started his own business probably 10 years ago. And it's something that he loves. He's a custom woodworker. He does great work, but he could like take a job, not take a job if he wanted to go to the desert or, you know, could really do work when he wanted to work because I was in, you know, corporate HR uh, within hotels and had a nice salary benefits and all that stuff. So for me to make the decision to jump out was like, okay, there's not going to be a steady income and the income is not going to be near what it was before, but I'm building a legacy. And so that's the way that, that I've looked at it is, is okay. I'm going to put it in phases. So this first phase is going to be uh, the first year we, my uh, business partner and I, we only took a couple very small draws. Our plan was to not take any money out of the business in the first year, just keep putting back in, putting back in. Um, and now this year we are on, we're kind of stair-stepping it. So we're taking a certain amount the first quarter, we've upped it for the second quarter, we're upping it for the third quarter and upping it for the fourth. But we've been very strategic in how we've done that because we don't want it to be up and down, up and down. We want to try to have three months of reserve um, in in kind of our, our savings so that when we're ready to hire the next person, um, which we have a virtual assistant that we use now, but when we're ready to hire an employee that we're, we feel good about that. It's not like, oh, we're not sure if we have money to pay you this week, <laughs> you know. So, but it was a scary, a scary thing. And and my husband's still the spender, but somehow we're we're making it. So, <laughs> did, did you really. put your did you put your husband on a budget, or how, how did that work? You know what I did is, and I did this several years ago because he's always been the spender. I mean, one day he comes home with a boat. I'm like. <laughs> What's that? He goes, we need this to keep our family really strong with, you know, our boys are teenagers now and we need to keep it. Yeah, yeah really? <laughs> Is your boy Soprano? Because that's what he did in The Sopranos. He was like, we just need a bit of boat. Let's get the family together. Let's go and buy a boat. <laughs> right? And then, then pretty soon the boat was sold and it's like, okay, now we need desert toys and a fifth wheel. So Finally, what I did, because I was doing the bills and I was stressing out over everything. I'm like, you know what? This is yours. You can figure out how everything's going to get paid. If you're going to spend the money, you can you can handle that side of it. And he, I have to say, I'm very proud of him. He's still a big spender, but he knows he's he's figured out, you know, obviously he's getting those jobs when he needs that extra money to spend. Um, and so I, I kind of put it on him. Like I wasn't going to carry that any longer, which is very free. That's awesome. Oh, 
So th that is like one of the things I always teach my clients. So you, you, uh, in my opinion, and I don't know how far that goes, you did it exactly right. You, you give them, give them, hey, this is your money for you to spend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Money comes in here over the business. You don't get to look at this. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I'm going to contribute X amount per month to the family. And if we don't make enough, I got to figure out how to make sure that I contribute X amount to the family per month. Once I do that, everything else yeah. can go back to the business and we're done. You manage this. That way, there's no blaming each other. You can't blame me if the checkbook goes negative. You have complete control over that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Never mind. <laughs> that is amazing. Never okay, mind. good. When I was a child, we would go to the arcade, right? My pop would be like, all right. I'm going to spend X amount. Here's $20 in tokens. Here's tokens. You can spend it on this video game. You can spend it on this game where you get tickets and you go buy something. Or you can put the money in the claw. I realized if I wanted to play certain games, when the tokens are done, I can't be coming to pop. I need to get some more of <laughs> – I need to get some more tokens. He was like, this is when we're done. And I was like, all right, I have to, I have to rationalize because if I don't want to leave yet, I'm not going to just put money in the claw and the claw is the, the, the claw is. Oh yeah. It's a perfect game to just throw away tokens and no return. <laughs> you get no tickets or I can do ski ball. I can do some tokens and get some less of the value of actual tokens. So I have to be smart. So yeah, at an early age, I know that, you know, and I'm in my relationship, I am the dreamer. I, Armand calls it the spender. I'm the dreamer. I need the boat. I need the desert toys. And I'm, they don't even know how to swim. So I and, definitely need to have all those things. I definitely and me and Don are the dream killers is what we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we decided. So, Don, uh, the statistic, do you feel that is accurate? Most businesses fail. Yes, but you know what? The statistics start earlier. 50% of all small businesses fail within the first year. And why and you then, Yeah, and then 85 um within within okay let me put it no 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 i think i quoted it wrong that within the first year i think it's it's about 25% and then within 5 years it's 50% right um and then those past that up to up to 15 it's 85% right right so how do you feel to you can get into the i guess the 15% tile that doesn't fail after 15 years. What would you suggest? You know, there are several things that I suggest. And the first thing is, is have a plan. Obviously, you know, be sure that you have a plan. If you have a business partner, be sure that you're both growing in the same direction, that your plan is going in the same direction, that you understand, that you communicate, um, and that um, you're always working that plan. What happens is once once a company has a plan, they get sidetracked by the work. Mm -hmm. And then they're stuck working in their business all the time and they're not working on their business, which is really propelling the plan forward. And there has to be some sort of balance in that. And sometimes there has to be the calculated mm -hmm. risk of, which what we did last year was after about six months, we realized, we, in order to really work on the business and build the business, we need to have a virtual assistant who's going to take care of a lot of the administrative tasks for us because it's not, it doesn't make sense. I think business owners sometimes think, well, I'm saving some money, but you're saving some money at what cost? Right. 
And, and I think that those have to be strategic decisions um, that are made. And when is, when is it time to hire someone or contract out for something to be done? Because um, if you're not sp spending maybe 30% of your time really working on the business and, and pushing it forward, then you're falling behind. And that's, I think that's the trap that business owners get in. I think I think the uh, the number I, I got taught was 33 percent of the money or 33 percent of your time needs to be on administrative stuff. 33 percent of your time needs to be on um, actually getting new clients. Mm -hmm. And then 33 percent of the money needs to be uh, on just operational stuff. Right. Like so like you need to split it up to a third, a third, a third of your time. And then as you get an administrative assistant then you can start, you know, funneling some more time into other aspects of administrative assistance. But that's how I've always been taught to split everything up. Yeah. Don, would you, I'm sorry, but would you also say how most businesses don't, how most businesses fail, would that be contribute to the reason of their business partners and how they just completely didn't see IAI and obviously the time they didn't spend? Because I feel like if, well, I guess the real question is, how do you go about picking a, the right business partner? That's a very good question. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, two people are sitting across from a table and they're talking about an idea and they're like, the idea grows and they just go, okay, let's go into business. I, I think it's really important to find someone to go into business with that, first of all, that you like. I think if you're going to work that closely with someone, then it has to be someone um, not that doesn't just bring great things to the table, but someone that you that you like and respect, someone you'd want to at, at the end of your worst day, you can look over and go, oh, that was shitty, but I'm glad we're in it together, right? Um, and I think the other thing is to, to find someone, and I've been very fortunate in this, but it takes work, is to find a business partner that is the opposite of you in in that has other strengths than you have so my business partner is like she could live in a spreadsheet and she loves um, processes and uh, putting procedures processes all that stuff together it's just like give me five minutes in a spreadsheet and I'm done it's like that's not my my thing no, um, no. very analytical very much a researcher um, for me, I am a quick start and I come up with, with ideas and I want to move on the ideas and um, my business partner wants to overthink those ideas. And so we've had to come up with an agreement of, because her thinking slows me down and helps me not just run with something that doesn't make sense. Um, but she could think about it for a year and then I get frustrated. I would get frustrated. So we have an agreement and, and we've come up with agreements within our partnership, even on a smaller level of, you know, if I come up with an idea, I give her time to think about it, but there's also a stop time. So, okay, let's revisit this in next Tuesday's meeting and then we'll have a final decision. And then we decide what we're going to do about it. Um, so it gives each of us to work within our strengths and then come up with the best out of both of those from both of us. Got it. You hear that online? So next time you're at a party, and I do parties, and I hang out a lot in the entertainment, and people be like, we're doing cocaine. Yeah, let's go ahead and start. We're selling crayons. We're going to sell crayons. We're going to start doing crayons, and we're going to start selling tea parties. I'm like, 
right, let's write all this down and revisit this Monday. They don't have the <laughs> energy and they forgot that's the person you don't go into business with. <laughs> you don't go into business with them. But also, um, can you be in business with people that you necessarily can't stand, but you know they have a strong suit? Like, say somebody is like the money person, like this person is going to put the money where we need it. I really just can't stand them. Or do you feel like we should keep going and look for someone else? Mm, that's a tough question. I could not go into business with someone that I can't stand. I, I couldn't. Now, maybe someone else could, but right. I wouldn't. I would. I would only recommend it like if it's an investor. Silent investor. Silent yeah. investor. Yeah. And, and I look at these businesses, and I look at sometimes they. And almost they have to merge, almost like a marriage. I also have the relationship. Let's date a little bit before we let's 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 date around a little bit. Let's be around other people, see how other people act towards us. Let's actually have to deal with something not too too serious, but let's see how we both can troubleshoot a problem and how we come to the resolve to a, a better uh, solution, and then we can go from there. But you shouldn't definitely jump into a relationship with somebody, let alone when there's money involved and people could possibly get sued. So I was actually thinking the same thing because you know, like I said, you know, a lot of times you marry. Uh, I, I married my spender because I thought it was cute. And she had like attributes that I did not have. And I got to tell you, you know, I always say this, me and her come together like Voltron when there's a problem and it needs to be tackled. You know, she's my researcher. She's got my bag to stand the other. And then I sound way smarter than I actually am because she's already done the research and I can just regurgitate what she's already told me. And I imagine a business partner has got to be the same, same way. Other than, you know, my wife every once in a while wants to start a bit. I could not start a business with my wife. Just because, like I've said, she says stuff to me and it just hits differently. It hurts my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like I would almost need someone like my right hand person, my virtual or my vir I have a virtual assistant too. my right hand. She's a great researcher. She does the things that I cannot do. And I've surrounded my people with attributes that I don't have. And then that way it allows me to be more of who I am. If I'm going to be the one out talking and in front of people, that's what I do best doing. I don't do the best at the research. And so I imagine if you're going to look for a partner, you, you can't have someone who's like both great speakers. You know, both of you want to do the research or do this. You need someone who takes care of things that you maybe let's say you don't want to or you're just not that good at if you don't want to admit that you're not good at it <laughs> and uh also bro question why would what would be the best reason for someone to start a business um i think there are a lot of reasons i think that especially now with with um, since COVID, people have realized well you know maybe maybe now's the time to try something Okay. Um, again, I think you have to be calculated in what you're trying. But for me and my business partner, it was we want to be in control of our schedules. We we have come to a place in our lives where, like for me, I poured myself into every company that I worked for, and okay. I sacrificed so much. I you know I wasn't there all the time when my boys were growing up. My husband was, had the luxury of being at all the baseball games and all the things, and not that I didn't get to go, but I wasn't as present as I would have liked to have been, and. Um, now that I have grandkids, it's like 
I want to be able to take a day off and, and, you know, do stuff with them. Or if they stop by to take a break and not feel like that I'm in control of the deadline, mm -hmm. that even though I have clients that, um, I can work at it on it tonight. And it's not someone saying, well, why weren't you, why weren't you at your desk or why, you know, why weren't you right. uh, wherever? I'm doing 15 minutes. What are you doing? Get <laughs> I was right. in the bathroom. You get, you get me in the bathroom, you know, you, you got to be able to do and move. And I feel like that's another thing about being your own boss, which is, you know, but also that, you know, I've heard of plenty of successful people like Snoop and even someone like your husband. He's actually doing a business where it's something he loves. And I feel like when you start a business, when you do it in a business, you don't, money's not the end goal. You know what I'm saying? And, and can, can you elaborate on that? You can't really start a business with the idea of, I'm going to be successful, which is money. You can't have that as the goal. Can you? No. And, and the first, the, the first thing that came to my mind when wanting to start a business was I was already doing consulting with companies, with small businesses through a company I was working at, but I had 80 clients and there's no way to really bring value to small businesses when you're just reacting to different right. things, you know? And, and so I really, I really do want to see people in businesses succeed. It, I mean, it brings me such joy to see that happen. When we have a client who doesn't need us anymore, it's like, yes, <laughs> we did it, you know? Oh, wait, where's the money going to come from? You know? Right, 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 right. Totally, we'll totally. figure that out later. But so that was the original, like, we have something of value that we can offer. Um, and then figuring out how can we offer that that really would add value and work with our lives as well. And I think there really can be a win-win if you put if you put your mind to it and you put the work into it. And I still work a lot, but it, it is out of that passion. It's not because someone told me I have to. It's because right. there's a there's a business and, and you know, I, I want to find the best way to position their organizational um, development or their leadership development so that they can grow. And so it becomes a challenge for me. And, and I, I get lost in that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's why I've heard, like, do if you have a business, do something that you're passionate about and the money will come. Don't start a business and think, oh, this is to make money. Eventually, all the problems that's going to come, that's going to overweigh that you don't really want to do this. Yeah. And that you're good at. I would I would say, you know, if you're passionate about something, but you're not really good at it, that's probably not a good good combination. You hear that, Armand? So don't, you're not the next Bob Ross. You can't be the next Bob Ross. You can't be the next. I know how much you love the paint. You got a nice. Talk. The happy little clouds. Yes. Look, look, when I got into this business, I just did not like working for people. I, that was like my, I was, I always tell people I was willing to be broke than to ever work for anyone ever again. Amen. That, like that was, so it wasn't really to make money. I wanted to make money, but it was just so I could have my freedom. Mm -hmm. And this happened bef way before COVID 2004. I just, I was like, look, I, I do not like working for people at all. Don't want to do it. And so look, if, if, Dave Chappelle said something uh, great when he was trying to get into comedy and his dad was like, you know, did not want him getting into comedy. And he was like, you know, hey, dad, you know, you make $19,000 a year as a teacher. You know, as long as I make 20, I guess I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so 
sad about that? My sister's a school teacher. And all these years, she had to go to school and have all the extra education. She's got her master's, everything. And, and, and this isn't bragging. This is just, I have always out-earned her. And I'm like, that's wrong. That is wrong. <laughs> that the it people is wrong. Our children are being paid less than those that are doing human resources or something right. like that. Yeah, right. It, it, absolutely. Risking their lives and literally risking their lives. Yeah. So, but, I but, you know, your sister. Your sister is definitely a saint. But, I, you know, to Dave's point, a lot of people will try to talk you out of starting your own business because or, you know, going into following your dream because they, you know, want you to get that secure job or get that secure whatever the case may be. And it's like, well, I mean, you know, you, you have to decide how much money you need to live off of and then, you know, shoot for that. And then if you're happy going in on Monday and don't care that it's Friday, then great. Yeah, great. But. You know, you got to be clear in your mind about your budget and what you're doing. And like you said, how many years? So you started your own company. You worked in this industry for how many years before you do, did that? Uh, 20. 20 years. You got to put it in. You got to put that work in. And also to speak to the, the fact that people don't want you to try to succeed or try your business. I think that's their uh, they're uh, expressing their own insecurities. So right. They want to put you in their own comfort zone. Right. Just because they didn't this because they didn't necessarily try. They didn't succeed. They didn't even try. So mm -hmm. why should you even try? And let alone, I don't even want you to be successful at it. You know, so I think they're just they, they, they're speaking their own insecurities. And I think if you if you want to try, try. And someone like Dawn has been doing it. It doesn't happen overnight. 20 years. No, no, it doesn't. And the other thing is, is you've got to tell yourself that you can do it. And, and you've got to get, you really have to, um, you really have to challenge yourself. And for me, I had to work through scarcity mindset and just say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to trust that the money's going to be there when it needs to be there. And I'm not going to worry about it because I can't put my, my energy towards worrying about when, when, the money's going to come in. The other thing is, is that I've got to believe that I can do it and I can do it well. And that I, I, um, and, and keep upping my game in a sense. So starting out with, yes, I'm going to start this business and, and do that, but what's next? Don't just settle for where you're at. Challenge yourself and, and, you know, tell yourself the truth. You can do anything you put your mind to. Mm -hmm. And get rid of the imposter syndrome that says, you know, who are you to be doing this? You know, when there's so many other more talented, more this. Yeah, if you're going to compare, you're going to find all kinds of people that you're going to be less than. But in your world with what you want to do, you can do it. And you have to you have to believe you can or you will not. It won't happen. Amen. Thank you so much, Don Mize. Hey, thank you for having me. We well, before we let you go, I, oh, okay. I, I need to let you plug whatever you need to plug. Where can I'll we find you? Email addresses, all that other good stuff so that people can find you for your help. Absolutely. So uh, our company is Guided Leadership Solutions. You can find our website at guidedlead.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Don Myers. Um, just search me with Guided Leadership Solutions and you can reach out to me as well. Um, Don at guidedlead.com. I would love to connect with any of you. And I'm Michael Anthony. You can find me at the real Mike Jones on IG. 
You can also see me at Ralph's. I'm frequent there, and I'm frequent. At, uh, I got a couple other shows. Armand, how can they reach you, brother? Man, I'm Armand Chrome. You can find me at The Financial Effect. I run a, a certified financial planning company called Chrome Financial. Uh, if you need anything from any of us, let us know. I can definitely point you since Don lives literally 15 minutes from me. I feel like we're going to meet at a Starbucks anyways. Thanks so much for joining us to, in this uh, episode of Money is Funny. We tune in every week at about this time. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys so much. Thanks so much. And y'all have a good evening. Later, Gators. Later. Thank you. Music by Stream Beats. Universe Media Mastering. Your audio more listenable.